welcome to Hort Culture, where a group of extension professionals and plant people talk about the business, production, and joy of planting seeds and helping them grow. Join us as we explore the culture of horticulture. What is up? We are back, and we are back with a guest, with a temporary uh, transplant uh, known Ooh. as Jessica Besson, <laughs> and I'm so pumped to have her here because we are brunette gals and i am no longer competing with the bald boys so uh mm. what up jessica thank you brunette power right like, it doesn't have to much in my office i'm the only like brunette in my entire office so that works <laughs> <laughs> i love it how it's like the you and i are the opposite of uh brett and josh who brett you will not hear his sultry voice on today uh, but he will be with us uh soon uh but he uh josh and Brett are bald boys and we are long haired brunette girls. So polar. And I'm over here. I must be the so long, the lost boy. I'm the only lost boy over here. <laughs> well, you are, as we know, Peter Pan, right? Like, yeah, there right. you go. There you go. Yeah. I'm the blonde boy. So we, we got to yeah. have titles and, and marketing taglines. So nailed it. It's all it. about marketing, baby. Communication, it is. marketing. Yeah. It Protecting is. and promoting the brand. I haven't heard from any of you guys. I saw some of you guys. I saw all, actually all of you guys that are on the podcast today at like, Fruit and Veggie Conference and got to catch up with you guys a little bit. Because, but it seems like I've not been with you guys in this setting in a while. It's been a little while. Mm-hmm. It has. I, I hope you all enjoyed our little mini episodes uh, that we had uh, over the break. J- Josh talked about Japan and Ray talked about non-forest products. So we'll have a few more of those for you guys of just like our weird, maybe not weird, mine's weird, passion, <laughs> like weirdness that we, you know, don't necessarily need a whole big episode on because you with the rabbit holes we would go down. But um, the minis are fun. Uh, so, you know. Check that out. I have from my fountain of weirdness, as Ray likes to call it. uh, I learned about this really random and I'm not going to say it correctly. And I found it on a particular social media uh, app that, oh, my God, I wish, you know, I wish Netflix would have more of the Pokemon episodes on um, (laughs) hashtag millennial because they do not have all of the Pokemon on Netflix. They have like one season and it's not fair. And I want the rest of them. You got to watch them all. I yeah. recently saw a post where they compare like if you have a toddler, that's like the closest you're ever gonna get to like having your actual Pokemon because like <laughs> you can't they, find them, you you're looking you, for you them. You can't like understand them, right? And it's like this whole comparison <laughs> to like right. Yeah, it's like they love you, but at the same time, like they could destroy things if you, you know, wanted them to do like, that. You've got your very own take a poo. It, it was like a whole comparison <laughs> to them. And I was like, I have two Pokemons right now. How cool is that? That is, that is, I never thought of it like that, but yeah, yeah. Having a previous toddler that's now 10 years old, but when he was a toddler, he was totally a Pokemon. Yeah. I love this way of uh, flipping the script on way we think. I saw a, a funny video where this girl was like, don't think of it as dusting or cleaning. Think of it as you um, removing bad intentions from around and you can use your moon water. And she was getting all witchy with it. And it was just like, she was like, she's like, you know, and you can clean that off. You're just going to clean away those bad intentions. You're going to put down some good ascension oils. What are you feeling? I just felt really in my witch era in that moment um so it's like heck yeah i'm gonna go clean now 
<laughs> right? I'm not feeling really that same happy. motivation. I'm not feeling I have to imbibe <laughs> my house with good intentions. Yeah. Um, so. I see it as removing potential soil that might be soil in the future. So I feel a little guilty by removing all that dust layers. Because eventually that would make soil given no. enough time. See, it's dirt when it's in your house. Okay, that's the difference here. Dirt, we sweep under the rug, soils what your plants go in, right? So uh, don't confuse it. How do we get it. from Pokemon to dusting? One's a fun topic and one's painful. <laughs> I mean, how do we do this? Well, I don't know, but you, we are talking about a fun topic today. We are, uh, yeah. Excited. Yeah, and so if you read the show title, you already know what it's about, but uh, our good friend Jessica is here to talk about beekeeping with us just very basic level if any of you are out there and you're expert beekeepers you know we're going to give you a little bit of side eye because as we know uh beekeeping you learn something new every year uh but we've got jessica on so jessica tell us a little bit about yourself your background why you like bees and we already know you have pokemon so yes what else yes two Pokemon. Um, yeah. So I, I'm, I work in Mercer County in Harrodsburg. That's close to right next door to where Alexis is at What up? Um, in Boyle County. Uh, so also another horticulture agent and I have had been, I've been keeping bees myself for 10 years. Mm-hmm. Um, I have a degree in entomology. So got really into, into insects and a master's degree people don't let her put that down (laughs) yes and then stumbled into beekeeping also mostly because my husband and his family do beekeeping because i had never been around it before and then i was like oh my gosh this is amazing like this is so cool (laughs) did that seal the deal with your husband i mean did that just jessica Uh, totally seal the deal when you found out they had bees So, well, that and the fact that he's he's a little younger than me, and um, mm. he could still get me um, UK basketball tickets, and I would go to the games <laughs> as a student, even though I That's wasn't a, nice a student. So, That's a nice perk. Yeah, so I got to see the 2012 championship. Bees and basketball. Oh, my gosh. You yeah. got to see the championship. Wow. Well, that sealed the deal. I didn't go to that, but I got to watch them play all season with student tickets. Amazing. So. Amazing. Oh, my God, Jessica, said, we could have sat next to each other and never knew. Never knew. Look at that. Part of the five. Crossed paths multiple times to finally get here where we are. (laughs) Uh, So, yeah. But bees, bees are awesome. They do so much for us. How many hives do you have, Jessica? Uh, We have 16 hives right now. Um, It fluctuates uh, based on, you know, how many swarms we'll get in the spring. Because that's one of the big things. Mm -hmm. We look for swarms and... um, yeah, it fluctuates that way. And depending on how the winter goes as well. See how many right. we have coming out of the winter. And uh, what, like a question to qu- yeah. clarify, like what constitute a hive? Is that like you have 16 queens with like their own hives? What's, what's happening? Yeah. So each hive will have a queen in it and it'll also have full of worker bees. And I, I mentioned earlier when we were talking about this in advance, like you guys could do a whole like almost year of podcast. Whole I think, podcast, yeah. Beekeeping alone, because like within your hive, you know, you have your queen bee who rules everything with pheromones and all different things. That's really cool. And then all the worker bees that come out, which are all female, because um, they're, you know, the females are getting the work done. Mm. Right. Um, I felt that. And, I felt that more. on this podcast. As, <laughs> yeah, as, oh, um, as you know, they emerge out and as different, they age differently. They like 
have different jobs. Like when they first come out, they're like cleaning bees. And then after that, they're like nurse bees. And they do all like there's undertaker bees who like remove all the dead bodies out. <laughs> and it's like they have all these Throw away their jobs. dead sisters. Got yeah, it. Bye. Yeah. I was imagining WWE like wrestling, the undertaker yeah. bees like dressed Ooh, up. Little hats. Yeah, like finishing moves and stuff. That's cool. I just specialize. Goodness. And then they have drones too, which are the males, and they're just kind of there to chill, eat all the (laughs) honey, kicked out of the hive, try to mate with the queen, and then get booted out by the group of nuns. I've heard beekeepers refer to them like Mm. they have a, you know, it's a group of nuns that they have in their beehive. And, um, (laughs) So, I like yeah. that. So that's like, like all's in a hive, like all the different workers, um, their little system, well, trying to think the right well, word to say. Beekeeping is a lot of work. Like you personally, Jessica, like I know that that's your background and even your formal degrees, but like uh, it's a lot of work, takes a lot of time to be involved in beekeeping. Like what brings you personally into beekeeping? Do you have crops that they need to pollinate there locally or honey that comes off of those? I mean, like what's your biggest motivator other than the fact that bees are really awesome? Uh, for us, it's the honey production, mm-hmm. right? So yeah. getting to enjoy just honey and, or using the other products or like using honey and making cream honey or using the beeswax to make soap, uh, different things like that. Um, also having, you know, like this said, the pollination, growing produce, mm-hmm. having them there to help pollinate things is great, but mostly the honey production. And I think that's a lot of people, you know, they want them. Mm-hmm. They want them so they can get some honey. Oh, yeah. There is a lot that goes into bees. So Um, expensive. And it's so expensive. That's Mm -hmm. that's a good example, right? Yeah. That's like one of the number one things. They're very expensive. But I think a lot of people think like, I'm going to get myself some bees. I'm going to put them out there and then I'm going to get some honey. And that'll be it. There's nothing in between. <laughs> Have you ever watched Winnie the Pooh? That's exactly how it happens. Yeah. And there's so, so much more. Because yeah. like, I feel like I'm always learning something. And I have failed miserably over the years. Mm-hmm. But if anyone's listening out there and they think like, I want to do bees, but I keep failing. It's okay. Because most of us lose hives a lot in the beginning. <laughs> and sometimes you can do everything correct and then you go yes. out and you lose hives. Yeah. Yeah. But then like once you get that hands-on experience and know what to look for, like it suddenly kind of like clicks and then you're able to like, you're like, mm-hmm. oh my gosh, I kept this hive alive and now I got 10 gallons of honey, right? Like, wow. <laughs> I found that beekeepers, once you get started, they'll start with, which I think it's great that uh, when I've worked with local beekeepers, I always encourage them to get a few hives. If you only have one hive and you lose that one hive, then you have to start all over. You can't do a nuke and then requeen and all this. Um, but I find that beekeepers, once they get into it, um, it's kind of like what you just mentioned. It's awesome. Once you see a few cycles, they'll start out with eight, 10 hives. And we have some beekeepers here that started with eight or 10 hives. And every time they divide, they get a chance to divide that they, they'll make a nuke or, or they will start a new, a new hive body. And now they're, you know, 20, 30 instead of eight or 10, like they said, they were going to cut themselves off at, uh, it's, uh, yeah, they, they love it. It's, people that are beekeepers and they've been beekeepers for a while, I find that they're pretty passionate about it. Yeah. And Alexis and I just did a really cool um, beekeeping program between our two counties. And we had our state apiarist, uh, Tammy Horn Potter, come and talk. Mm-hmm. The she's awesome. Yeah. And, yeah. She's so awesome. Um, and she, that was one of the things she suggested. She's like, new beekeepers should never start out with one hive. You should at least start out with three. 
She's like, because mm-hmm. you're gonna lose one, and that was her first oh, thing. Yeah. You know, everybody's shocked faces of like, I don't want to lose a hive, but she's like, I you're learned that lose the hive. hard way. Yeah, <laughs> I was one of those that started out with one. I was like, ooh, that's too expensive. Have at least three, preferably yeah. four. So if you lose she's, a couple, no big deal. Yeah, she's like, you'll lose one. One will probably be struggling mm-hmm. or weak, and one will survive. And then hopefully you'll learn, you know, these different skills from different beekeepers or bee clubs of like, okay, I have a weak hive. What do I do with it? Do I combine it with a strong hive? Do I requeen it? Do I, you know, what mm-hmm. what can I do to help um, help this hive get strong again? So she always recommends people starting out with at least three. Yeah. And that is, you know, if you can afford the equipment, because the equipment is quite expensive. Um, and then if you are going to purchase bees, if you're going to purchase packaged bees, or if you're going to purchase a nuke of bees, um, and a nuke of bees is like, we're going to get them where they have the queen and some brood and you know bees already with them um or are you going to try to catch swarms because that's a huge thing and especially um in my county we have a very large beekeeping group and we will always have a full lesson on um catching swarms and swarm traps and we'll have guys come back to our meeting in um in may or so and they'll be like how many swarms do you get? And like, I've had the guys say that I've caught like 20 something swarms in a spring or wow. even higher um, with these swarm traps that they put out to catch bees that way. <laughs> I noticed that as the price of swarm, I mean, years ago, I remember when a three pound package of bees was 50 ish dollars. And now what's the average price? Just curious of like a, you know, package of bees. We, we much just more. Yeah, we just talked about this the other day because of our bee class that we did. Uh, one of our local beekeepers here is doing a nuke of bees for $165. And I think that's on the lower end because yeah. there's other ones that are It means gotten expensive and just the bees and the sales. But <clears throat> I'm kind of getting us off topic a little bit here. I know, Jessica, you have um, you have a lot of experience with your local beekeeping club. And you, you guys have, what, monthly meetings uh, with your local group yeah. there? Yeah. So you, you, you see and talk to and field a lot of questions from your local beekeepers. But it's now January. And one of the most common questions I know we get from our local beekeepers, people start to get interested for whatever reason this time of year. I think it's all the catalogs coming into people's homes. It's like mm. must be laced with something. That just like makes them addicted catalog. to it, saying, oh, I'm going to be a beekeeper this year. It's something. Seed catalogs are even. Yes, all the seeds, even, yes, all the seed, seeds and bees. But we get people that, that want to start this time of year. Um, you get those types of questions, um, you know, people wanting to get started and, and kind of how do you field those questions and how do you start people off on the right track getting started with bees and becoming beekeepers? Yeah. So normally like if someone calls the office and they're like, Hey, I want to keep bees. I don't know where to begin. I usually mm-hmm. recommend first thing. I'm like, come to our bee club. Oh, come perfect. Yeah. Or come, yeah. Or come to like if, where, wherever you are, is there a close bee club? Because what you're going to find there are people who have experience from mm-hmm. never being around a beehive at all to people who I, we have a guy here in a County who has well over a hundred hives and has mm-hmm. been keeping bees since he was a kid. And I have said there are several of them I have that have been keeping bees since they were children. And you, you know, that is so valuable, that mm-hmm. experience mm-hmm. and the things that they have seen, because as we already mentioned, they don't follow the rules, right? <laughs> they don't, you know, they're not following things in the book, weather changes, all of that can affect things. But that's usually what I get something started with. Go to a bee club, go to a bee school, because, mm-hmm. um, that's going to, and, and depending on the time of year when they're asking, like if they're asking now, kind of go over like what we've already talked about, like, okay, things are expensive, right? Uh-huh. Like, you know, you, 
you have to have a place to put the bees. Right. Preferably, you probably want to have protective clothing. I mean, my father good thing. He, he does not wear he does not wear any bee suits or anything. For a while, when I first started beekeeping, that was a lot of pressure to be like, "Oh no, hey, they're not wearing <laughs> One stuff." With the bees. Wear stuff. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He says they know his sense, his smell, which apparently is a thing. Um, but you know what? I have dark colored hair, and you think about what you look like a bee compared to a bee. Bear or a skunk. Mama bear. You know, I don't know. Um, <laughs> they would attack my head all the time, which is not fun. Yeah. Or if you have and, a watch on or anything dark, they're going to go yes. after. Yeah. So I, at least, I wear gloves and a bee coat and usually just jeans with mine when I go work bees. I'm a baby. But, when I had a man, I had the Rob Mountain African beekeeping special bee suit that had zip and Velcro. <laughs> like it was yes. sting proof, yeah. but I was never yeah. stung in that suit. I was doing hive inspections in the county at the time. And I had like the, the catalog. I did not want to be stung. I was not one of those that enjoyed the feel of a stinger going no. into my flesh from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Into my flesh. <laughs> yes, that's the way I, my brain translated it. So, and you will yeah. get stung if you keep bees. Yeah. Even if you get the Cadillac, it, you are going to get oh, stung. Yeah. It'll happen. Is and, this a good time to talk about EpiPens uh, while we're uh, <laughs> like right in here? Right? Because uh, I don't know what the state of that is. And that was a random question. But I usually encourage my folks. I mean, you might not be allergic today, but is it possible? I mean, it's good practice just to have a pen, I guess, on hand. Is that the, is that the case? Um, I think so. I think you have to... Um, you know, you have to get it prescribed. To yeah, get I'm not one, for I sure believe. how that works. I was thinking the same thing, Jessica, that now I, you, I it has to be a prescription. Yeah. You know, maybe if you have them in a high traffic area or, you yeah. know, but that's, you know, that's something to consider too. Like if you're thinking about getting bees, are you allergic to bees? And right. if you've to, never been uh, allergic before, it doesn't mean you're not allergic now. Yeah. So I had to keep exactly. my brother was highly, my older brother was highly allergic. And when he would come over, I just, and my bees were off the back deck of my home. I always just kept one. It's always on the, at the top of my mind with beekeepers, just because he was one of those that would go into shock within like 30 seconds, you know? Yeah. So we always had to keep a pin around, but uh, yeah, so it's January. Um, you just encouraged people to, which I think is awesome advice to, to, to join a local beekeeping club, or if you don't have a local one, you can call around and find out. I know even if you don't have one in the county, is there some regional-based ones, Jessica, that we have in Central? I mean, right now we're talking mainly about the central part of the state, but there's other regional associations oh, yeah. in other they, parts oh, of the state. The Kentucky State Beekeepers. I yes. know that's kind of still near where we're at but in Frankfurt, but I know there's awesome club. Western, Western Kentucky and Eastern Kentucky as well. Mm -hmm. And just the bee schools are so important to, yeah. because a lot of those bee schools will give you like I mean, it'll be like an all day thing, but it's just a you know a brief overview. But then mm -hmm. that can give you an idea of like, do I really want to do this? Mm -hmm. You know, or like if my people are on the fence about it, I like tell them like, you know, wait another year. I know that may sound terrible, like because you're like really excited mm -hmm. about it. Yeah. You're, like come to a bee club for a year and see, you know, what they're talking about. Mm -hmm. See, because like we haven't even mentioned about like, you know, we well, you know you need the equipment, right? Mm -hmm. But and if you actually want to extract honey, how are you going to get that honey out? Right. Yeah. So there's equipment for that. And like, how much do you want to invest? Or like RB club here, if you become a member, we have equipment you can borrow. Uh -huh. Right. Mm. But then we also get into treatment for mm. mites, other pests. Cause that's the, you know, going back to like, I'm just going to get bees and put them out. And then they're like, well, I got honey one year and then they all died. Like what, why are they, you know, well, did you treat them for mites? Because 
basically you're going to have to treat for mites, whether it be, you know, a traditional treatment, organic treatment, something you're going to have to do something. It's a super common past. Yeah. I'll be the first to say, like, I saw a major difference. And I was like, if it was just me and I was, you know, gaining skills, but also at the same time, it correlated when I started being like, I need to be more aggressive about treating for mites. That's when my hives that I just had, um, in my backyard started surviving and booming. And I think, I know Alexis, I think saw the picture of me standing next to my hive that I had to stand on a stepladder to get to the, the top of it. So, um, but those things, you know, thinking about like, oh, I got a treat and what else, you know, other things you're going to mm-hmm. invest, invest in. Um, there was something else on the tip of my tongue that I was going to say with bees as well that you got to think about. Um, well, I know just, that when you join a bee club, you can or, you know, meet beekeepers in whatever form or fashion. A lot of the time they'll let you shadow them and you can come over <laughs> and work bees with them and they'll point out, hey, this is what, you know, brood looks like or, oh, no, this isn't good. The queen is up in the honey cells, you know, and laying. And so there's there's so much to it that is hands on experience. So if you wait that year um, to do exactly. that, then you can most most beekeepers I have met and Jessica knows way more than I do, but the ones that I know are always more than happy for like you to come out because they need the help. It's always easier to work beehives when you have another person. And so you also get to learn and experience that so that you will have successful year when you're spending, you know, I mean, 400 or $500 just to get your bees, like your very first beehives. And it's recommended, right? Tammy sends three to five for your first Mm -hmm. year. Like, it's recommended to have more than one. So, you know, it can get really expensive and then you, you know, can borrow gear from them and trade back and forth. They can help you with your hives. So, um, I've had a lot of new beekeepers and I send them all to Jessica's bee group because they're so wonderful. And I'm like, go, they will help you. I do not know that many things, but they, they know it all. (laughs) It's so important for them to be with other people that can kind of give, I mean, it's one thing to read books and there's lots of awesome YouTube videos by other extension universities out there on, you know, beekeeping series, but it's, it seems to be so much more helpful for people to actually sit down with an existing beekeeper, or if they're really, really lucky to go out to the bee yard and uh, kind of get into hives and suit up, wear all the awesome protective gear. I'm going to give that another plug, (laughs) but to actually (laughs) go out and experience that. But uh, another thing that when People give me a call sometimes in March or in April. They're like, well, mm-hmm. we want to get our package of bees. Jessica, are they going to have good luck if they wait? To, I mean, that's another issue. Um, uh, when are people having to order bees? I'm finding out that it's kind of important to plan ahead in that aspect, too. If you have everything else ready, but you have not yet ordered your bees, how does that work? Yeah, so uh, right now is the time people are placing orders for bees. Uh, we always usually, I mean, you can buy the package bees like you said, and that's like you're depending on them to create their own queen and everything, which is a little slower start. Yeah. Um, they cost less, right? Versus a nuke of bees they're going to get that's going to give you those frames with brood on there and everything and that established that queen. Um, but a lot of them are placing orders right now to get uh-huh. them in either late April going into May. And um, right now we're talking January. Sorry, if you're listening to yes, this at a yes. different time, January is when you want to order your bees. Yes. Yeah. Thanks, Alexis. Yeah. So a lot of times I tell people if they've already, you know, if they're not 100% sure on the system they want to use because um, what system they're going to use or what they're doing, you know, maybe just wait. Um, or they might have already passed that like deadline to order mm-hmm. at that point, but then there's still the opportunity of catching a swarm. 
Mm-hmm. And whether that be like, as I mentioned before, like I have some guys in our group that catch like 20 plus swarms every year. And some of them will end up selling swarms a lot of times because they're just always wonderful, nice people that I have like, they're like the best mm-hmm. the beekeepers are. And a lot of times if they know it's somebody new who is starting off and you have been like working with them like as a mentor, they will often not say everybody will do this, but oh, I have more than enough bees, right? And would you like this swarm? Right? Or they catch extra swarms and give them to people that way. Or if they've split a hive because a hive is, you know, you can tell when a beehive is getting ready to swarm. So that's another like, you know, tool to use. Like when you get that hands-on experience, you're able to go in your hive and see like, oh my gosh, there's queen cells forming. Okay. Like they're, they're bumping up really quickly. I need to split this hive or do something or they're going to get ready to swarm. And, um, They'll, they'll take off and you're usually your weaker, your weaker hive will be left behind and your stronger, you know, queen um, will leave with majority of the bees. Uh, mm. But when they do swarm and if you're able to catch one, they're actually super docile to get them. That is a few times when I have not had bee equipment on and have assisted with here, hold this box while I knock the <laughs> bees and are, you know, in it. Yep. Um, and you rarely ever get stung because their bellies are full of honey and they're just trying to find, they're trying to protect their queen. They're very chill. They're about about yeah. And they're just trying to get to their new location. They're like Josh after he's had a big lunch. They're just yeah. trying to find yeah, where they're trying supposed to, to be. Somewhere to take a nap. <laughs> there was one point in my career, I used to just carry a box around in my truck. I had a screen wire, a box, and then I carried a staple gun because that was convenient to where if I was lucky driving along, I would find a low hanging limb. I'd go and had a little, you know, clipper and I would clip it and drop it in the box and staple it and go home with it. So I, I used to just carry a box in the truck at certain times of the year. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, we're talking about ordering bees. You know, of course you need to know what you're doing, have everything set up, all of your gear, wooden wear, protective clothing, all of that stuff. Uh, having talked to local beekeepers and uh, you're ready to get bees. Uh, some sources, Jessica, is there only national sources or uh, local sources uh, here in the state? Because I think that's a big benefit if you're mm-hmm. lucky and live close to a supply house, you can go and actually look around. That's mm. super helpful. I know that the internet's a great place to order things, but if you're lucky and live close enough, I guess there's some benefit to that. But how about like sources? I know local folks, maybe even some sources there for nukes and things. Yeah. So we have, there's a couple different bee companies in the state. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The one that's you know really popular is Daydant. And yeah. they're based out of Frankfurt. Uh, one of them, another one that's in Moorhead is Honeybee Connection. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I don't know if Kelly's Bees is still, that was not out for Western sure. Kentucky. Mm-hmm. Um, they're still in business or not. But there are some of like the larger suppliers that are kind of spread out across the state that mm-hmm. we have. But then connecting with a lot of these local beekeepers. Uh, so a lot of those guys, not only are they raising bees just for honey production, they're raising them to actually sell nukes of bees mm-hmm. um, or they're ra- they're raising queens to sell because mm-hmm. there are some people that just raise bees so they can raise queens and sell queens to people. And a queen will run you a couple hundred dollars now as well, depending mm-hmm. on what you're getting, where you're getting. And you'll also hear, um, you know, for supplies with bees, bees wise, a lot of times in our bee club, you know, some of these orders of bees, that you'll place with some of these companies, the bees are actually coming from like Georgia. Mm-hmm, sure, they're yeah. coming from further south, you know, because they're you know they're able to get them ready sooner. Um, but it is 
showing that there's a little more hardiness in bees if you can get them local, right? Because yeah. they're acclimated to our environment. Mm-hmm. And that makes sense. Um, but yeah, there's definitely lots of beekeepers out there who end up selling nukes locally um, for a purchase. So there's lots that, of places, that both nationally and locally, and it's good. That's another good reason to attend your local beekeeping meetings if you have a, a local association, is to find out who has supplies that you could purchase. And other, another good source is you could purchase like woodenware and things like that, but there's some things to watch out there if you get into not, not – now we're not talking about bees per se, but we're talking about the supplies to support them. Like the woodenware, do you have anybody selling stuff like that, like used, Jessica? I know you kind of have to be careful there. You have to watch for some things because that stuff's so expensive. There's a big market for the used woodenware, uh, mm-hmm. but there's just some things to watch out for in there. Like, occasionally, we'll have people who are like, well, I, I can't be keep anymore because yeah. like, it's, it's also, you know, it's really heavy to move that stuff around mm-hmm. and, it is. you know, I don't have the help anymore or, it's tough work. Um, or they bought a farm and all this beekeeping supplies was left behind, you know, kind of thing. Um, you know, most of the time it's okay, but there's a few times like you want to be careful with, there are certain diseases that bees mm-hmm. can get and you can see signs on, on the, some of the bee equipment. Um, they'll get there'll be certain like droppings or markings on it that might be a red flag for Mm -hmm. uh, to use that that bee equipment Uh, but most of the time it's good once cleaned up i know some Mm -hmm. beekeepers will make their own frames yeah we had a demo we had a demo by one of our beekeepers who he makes he's makes this entire um all of his frames uh which has saved him a lot of money in the long run and then uh goes on and shows about how to install the foundation, which is mm-hmm. kind of the it's it's the foundation for the bees to build their bees wax out on. So mm. the bees don't have to work as hard to create mm-hmm. a complete beeswax, you know, to to fill with honey. This foundation is already there and they can just build off of it. So it cuts down on their work. So they're not putting all their time and energy just to building wax to right. you know, you can focus more on honey. Which is another benefit of waiting that year. You can gain experience. And if you're, you know, crafty or trying to save on, you know, some funds, you know, you can spend a year building um, building your hives if you wanted to do that. I've had some people who kind of are on um, restricted income and they that's what they've done. Like, you know, they dedicate 10% of their social security check or something and they buy supplies. And so in a year they have enough to go through. And I mean – that always sucks, like Jessica said, like when you're really excited. But in this case, when you're dealing with like a live animal that has taken a lot of money and there's like a lot that goes into that, it almost behooves you to spend that year, you know, finding places. And then, you know, you make friends, maybe you get a free swarm or you join a beekeeper association, you mm-hmm. can rent out and borrow a lot of those things that you don't have to spend money on um, by, you know, spending five, 10, 20 bucks to join the well, The extraction club. equipment is right. awesome ex- that, that local clubs have. Yeah. Yeah. And so it's like, they'll have swarm list, right? So like yeah. we get calls all the time. of like, Hey, there's yeah. a swarm of bees on this or that. And we have a list and like people sign up for it and we just start going down the list calling, do you uh-huh. want this swarm? Yes or no. Okay. And then move on to the next person and tell the yeah. location of it. And then that's how a lot of people, get bees in the spring mm-hmm. as well. But that hands-on experience is so important. Like, Out of all of you the can read things and read and read. Yeah, read. so important. Right. Yeah. So you like do it. 
you know, it suddenly will like click and make sense yeah. about what people are talking about that they're looking at or you look for in certain hives. Let's say they've been through a couple of years of beekeeper has, they've done a good job. They've met with their local producers or beekeepers and uh, they've gotten their, their, their hive bodies are really heavy. They've got some honey in there and they're going to extract that. It's another common question that um, I get Jessica, because people that are interested in selling honey, um, do you, do you know the, like the basic process? Like people are always worried about labeling and stuff where they can go for more information on how to label and, and uh, sell honey. Yeah. Um, so a good place to look for all that is the farmer's market manual that mm-hmm. uh, KDA oh, yeah. puts out. Uh, they have the exact example of what all the labels should look like. And it has like down to it's like it needs to be in tin font and it has to say um, like raw strained honey or just like raw honey. Because once you get over, I just looked at this yesterday, so it makes me feel like I'm, you know, on top of numbers and stuff. It's like <laughs> over 150 gallons um, of honey, which is like close to 1800 pounds. I want to think it says, um, that's when you have to, you get bumped up into like that commercial. Oh, gotcha. And then that's that's, more requirements. I imagine. Yes. That's when the honey has to be like processed Mm -hmm. in a certain like facility and things like that. But Mm. as far otherwise, you know, it's uncapping it, making sure that, you know, it's labeled your ingredient honey is on there your address, where you're getting it from. Um, things get weird sometimes with people labeling and saying like, this is clover honey. This is this honey. This is that honey. Yeah. Because um, bees right. travel over two miles away from their hives. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, and, you know, Kentucky State Beekeepers Association has the Kentucky Honey Program, like the Kentucky Proud Program. And, you know, certifying that this honey is from Kentucky, that if they were to pull that honey off the shelf, and test the pollen in it, they, and they can do that. They can see that it's actually coming from plants in our area. So, mm-hmm. but, um, all of that information about labeling and bottling can all be found in the Kentucky, uh, farmer's market manual that KDA puts out awesome. every year, which I think they're coming up with an updated one. Uh, Is that this year? They should be releasing an updated one this year. Okay. I didn't know if we were on the release cycle for that, which I love Mm -hmm. that manual for, of course, farmers markets, but it's got all this other great information, like, Mm -hmm. you know, what the information that you just now mentioned. And it is always surprising. I mean, it's just super simple to really put a label on there. And I encourage beekeepers, even if you're just keeping that for home, Mm -hmm. um, you know, it's great if you want to, you know, get in the habit of putting that label on there for home, even if you happen to sell that it's ready to go, Mm -hmm. uh, just go ahead and do that. Um, but uh, the extractor, we have one of those at the office. It's used a lot. Um, so that's always a popular question, you know, and people are always surprised that if they're smaller beekeepers, how simple and straightforward once they read those few pages in the farmer's market manual that they can quickly come up with a label and have a legal for sale product, if they're, especially <laughs> if they're a smaller beekeeper under that level that you mentioned, Jessica. So, yeah, yeah, really good uh, information question but is there like a seasonality to the harvest window of when you can get honey like is there certain times of the year that you can't or shouldn't yeah that yeah that's a great question uh depending on how warm or spring gets and what's flowering right you can get some mm. like really early like i had a beekeeper one year get some honey that was almost clear looking he mm. was able to harvest really early and it, and um 
that his it was like all the maples and stuff that were blooming like the trees they were wow. busy um then no, no, most of the time you see like spring honey it's going to be yeah. a little bit yeah. lighter and that's going to be a lot of our white clover our locust honey that we have locust then, honey i love that yeah, it's yeah you'll see like fall honey and i have like quotations like when i fall honey yeah and that's really late summer honey mm-hmm. it's darker um because you got to be cautious with going in and harvesting anything later, like when they're working um, goldenrod or asters and stuff actually in the fall, because you don't want to deplete them. So a lot of the beekeepers I know rarely harvest anything after August, mm-hmm. um, because that's also when it starts the time of mite treating, treating mm-hmm. for mites. And once you get some of those mite treatments on, you can't use that honey off of there. And then you also come August, you want to start already. It seems crazy, but you're already preparing for winter. You need (laughs) to leave enough food back for them and you need to start feeding them. Cause I don't think I mentioned that either, that you need to start feeding bees somewhat in the fall to get them through the winter. You leave enough for them. Mm -hmm. Right. You go out, check their hives. They like lift the back of them to check the weight of the hives to see how much is in those brood boxes. And then um, we'll start feeding them. And then we're actually like, you know, with Ray talking about like, oh, January and stuff, you know, people purchasing bees. But for like the already established beekeeper, um, what's happening now, it's like, you know, the hive is still active all winter. Technically, like I've seen my bees out on some of these warmer days. They come out, they use the bathroom. You might see little yellow droplets on your car vehicle or something. And that's them. They're like waiting to get out of the hive. Um, but they'll already start, you know, with the temperature fluctuation, the queen will start laying again. And so it gets really, and I've lost bees before because of this too. You think we're in the clear come like mm-hmm. March or so. A wild temperature swing. And the bees, yeah. yeah. And the bees get active. They eat all their food and then they don't, and then we'll get cold again. And they won't have any food. So it's another really important time to start feeding again. So you have to like find those timelines to feed again and then know when to stop because then you don't want to have bees who, when we do have stuff flowering, be like, eh, I ain't going out today because she's going to bring me some sugar water or she's going to bring me, you know, (laughs) some treat and I'm just going to eat that. Yeah. And not leave the hive. So, um, so yeah, I don't even know where I started with that. (laughs) <laughs> one of the thing people love about beekeeping it seems like is it's the seasonality and if you look online yeah i think uh i forget who put out the kentucky beekeeping calendar we have two pieces of basic information that are pretty good uh through the extension service one is the has that been updated jessica the kentucky beekeeping calendar i believe that comes out through kentucky state i forget yes, uh, i don't think it has been updated i don't think it has while, been but it it's a good, it's a good starting point to see, yeah, it is. To, you know, to mark on your own calendar of like, oh, mm-hmm. hey, I should yeah. be looking for this right now with my beehives. And then we have the, the other, I forget the number of the, the publication, but it's the beginning beekeeping manual for Kentucky. And it's something that you can pick up at your local extension office. It's, it has pretty good basic information. That's two good local extension references. But Jessica, uh, to put you on the spot a little bit, are there some other good references online that you know of? Um, uh, it seems uh, like our local beekeepers, they use like the American bee. The, there's all these references, but like what are some of your favorite? Yeah. Um, 
like the Honeybee Health Coalition. Yes, that's the one I was trying to think one. of. Yeah. Um, that's, and they have print materials. One. Yeah. Is that the yes, one Tammy showed us? That's what I was going to say, Alexis. I think one. that's the one um, she showed, uh, like I've mentioned, Tammy Horn Potter, our state mm-hmm. apiarist. She showed us, uh, they have a really cool interactive, uh, when should yeah. I treat my treat my hive mm-hmm. for mites? Mm-hmm. And Because that's always a big question. And everybody's system is a little different, right? And everybody, mm-hmm. like, I want to use chemicals. I don't want to use chemicals. I want, you know, and it's a cool interactive tool that you just like answer the questions and it's like, this is your time. It's like the Hort Biz quiz, but for It is like the Hort Biz quiz. Yeah. Um, But that one, I know the University of Georgia has like, B-Lab has a lot of information. It seems like Um, they have some stuff on YouTube maybe as well. I can't remember. I've not looked at it in a while. There's there's several good extension-based series that are on YouTube, but I forget the specifics of those. And to plug the Kentucky State Beekeepers again, like on their website, they have a variety of links mm-hmm. to different publications and other, you know, UK, but then other universities yeah. as well that have good resources. They have a good resource uh, section on getting started with beekeeping. I've noticed that's pretty comprehensive. It's a really good collection of links to mm-hmm. different, to different sources, but they're all pretty good sources. So I've Jessica, uh, where's the weirdest place you've ever been stung? Um, wow, Alexis, my... you just straight up went there. Bring in the heat. Yeah, yeah. yeah it's okay. <laughs> Jesus, it's no good. It's good. Not, not even a warning shot well, across the bow. So, full disclosure, I think I know the answer, and it's funny, yeah. so I want to hear it. It is funny. <laughs> this is this is a warning for new beekeepers. You know, do it, do as I say, not as I do, or whatever. Don't you put know. bees in <laughs> okay. your mouth. Yes, basically that. <laughs> um, <laughs> when they say like bees get like. My mother-in-law, I'm sure she'll appreciate me saying this, but when like a hive is hot or something, she'll always be like, those bees are pissy. And bees <laughs> bees, bees get pissy when they weather fronts move in. Mm-hmm. Okay? Don't ever get in a beehive, even though you're like, it's sunny now, when you know storms and stuff are approaching. Mm-hmm. I did that one day, one day before work. I was like, I'm going to get in my beehives real quick and check. Because I feel like I need to add a super and I was like, because I'll be working late. Right. Mm-hmm. So I get in there, the weather is bad. And I'm like, I'm just going to peek in there real quick. And I didn't like suit up or anything. And mm-hmm. they were not happy. And they came out after me and one got me directly under the nose. Oh gosh! <laughs> and I did get to experience though that they have an alarm pheromone that's supposed to smell like banana. And I can tell you, it smells like banana. Really? I've never experienced that. That's cool. I mean, I say it's cool at your expense, obviously. That was not a pleasant experience for you, I'm sure. It was not. The other like worst thing I ever had was like between my eyes. Um, (laughs) They're really zeroing in on your face, Jessica. Yeah, Yeah, face is bad. (laughs) Yeah, so now I always wear my my hood and my jacket. (laughs) Yeah. See, African bee suit. I mean, I don't know if they still make that thing, but it was designed for African beekeepers, which, by the way, they do. Apparently, when Rob Mountain was, I guess, state ever a long time ago and uh, worked here in the state with some beekeeping stuff, uh, they came up with that suit. But he was an African beekeeper, and those bees are very aggressive, and they designed, they designed very good gear, and that was my personal <laughs> favorite. Uh, it was, it was, to my experience, pretty much bee proof. So I was checking my zippers, double, triple checking, but uh, I was with Phil Kraft. He was a former state apiarist uh, several years ago. He was, you know, he was in that in post, the 1800s. Uh, yes, many, many, many moons ago. When the bee was when first I was invented. with. Well, actually, this is not far off from that, you guys. This was a re- <laughs> this was a repeat <laughs> inspection. This guy didn't have a road to his home, uh, and 
so we had to drive up because who creek did and, in the early 1800s no right, very right. few it did was just two wagon wheel ruts yeah, like <laughs> we did they didn't even have that Yes, it was many moons ago. But these the, the guy had the most docile, beautiful yellow bees up this hollow at the head of the hollow. We loved going up here making visits because he had a couple of beehives that were in hollow sycamore logs. We loved visiting this guy, and he was an amazing beekeeper. Uh, but just as demonstration purposes, he had these you know gentle bees, and he had a couple of hives in hollow. You know, He called them his old bee gums. But they were always so gentle. But you mentioned bees can have an attitude. Well, Phil Kraft didn't suit up. Of course I did. I've got my armor on. I look like... Like a knot from the 1800s truly <laughs> from king arthur's court well phil goes up there and he's so used to these bees and they're used to him and they just ate him up you know he got stings all over well it turns out there was a bear in there two days ago and the guy forgot to mention that and the uh, bees were still very upset that was in the east yeah. mountains and their yeah. bear had just destroyed a couple of his hives and the bees apparently had not settled down so you just yeah. never know when you go into the hives and bee was or phil was like did you requeen these these are the same yellow looking bees the real gentle uh bees he said but they're really angry today and he started questioning the guy and the guy's like oh yeah i forgot to tell you guys the bees are really angry right now still so yeah, yeah. Be careful when that, you go in that, without a suit on you might get stung on the nose and smell bananas so yes but uh my wife my worst nightmare happened at my office oh, this past year because we we've had bees at our office for like six years and they suddenly as again they got pissy and we're like going <laughs> after people in our park in our back like where we park and employees so the bee club like came in the cover of darkness they removed them and they were like okay they're queenless right they don't have a queen so they get like real mad because they're like we don't have a leader right <laughs> so they took them away and then they moved them to a different location out in the front of our building like but way down the driveway like not close to the door at all and the beekeepers got in them one day and little did we know that there was also going to be a 4-h event that afternoon way not even close to the door all of a sudden these children are just yelling and screaming (laughs) and parents are yelling and people are running and bees are coming in the building and (laughs) It was just one of those moments where you just stood that you stand there and you're just like, no, nothing can be done. You, you're like, I can't go shake a feed bucket and be like, come on, girls. Once they get in, once they get in, they get riled up. I guess it takes a hot minute for them to become unriled. So yeah. Yeah. I feel like Basically. I'm a beat. Like, that's how I am. Like, I'm mad. I'm you may mad. be a bee. You guys may be the bee brunettes, uh, the bee nets. Yeah. I don't know what you guys are, but yeah. Once you, you stay, we're all up for a little while. But bees are just so fascinating to me. And there's all this mystery and kind of folklore surrounding beekeeping. That's part of the fun for me is, um, you know, and it is always something new with bees. And it's a cyclical, seasonal sort of thing. And not only that, but you get this kind of ancient, shelf-stable, sort of awesome food product out of it, too. Never goes I mean, bad. Yeah, Never. it's amazing. Right. What is it? They found, like, honey in tombs. And you can still mm-hmm. eat it. It's still decent. You know, they've done red <laughs> tests on it. And they're like, oh, wow, you could eat this stuff now. And it's fine. I don't, I just don't understand. Old. Like, it's the coolest thing. I don't, it is. But I it really don't is. scientifically understand it's witchcraft. Bee vomit with enzymes and, you know. Make it sound so bee romantic. Vomit. Bee vomit. <laughs> right? Yeah. It's so cool. I should also say that everyone in my office is fine with bees coming back, even with our traumatic experience. Just FYI. The bee Because most of the time, you know, not trying to scare people away from bees. Most of the time, they're very nice, friendly, friendly little bees. 
Well, if they're so, if they're what is it? Because you can get different. Um, like Italian bees and mm-hmm. Russian bees, and uh, Watch I remember out for the, the little dark bees. They've got an attitude. <laughs> the uh, um, beekeeper that I was helping, she got a new uh, a, a new nuke uh, one year, and I got stung more that year than I ever have. And I was like, "What is with this hive?" And she's like, "Oh, don't mind them. Those are those Russian bees. They're mean." <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah, they're and like, to be more that's aggressive. not picking on Russia. That's just like they are of. That's Dark where they're strain. from, that's I guess. They're and, yeah. yeah, that's their strain, they're and so to be more like aggressive to varroa mites, more hygienic, like, being, yeah, more hygienic, yeah. and can fight off varroa mites. It's interesting that they have their own. They do each hive has its own personality, uh, but you got to sure. kind of watch banking on that because once they requeen, I guess the personality can change. Mm-hmm. Uh, once it's, the, it's a yeah, new administration. That's a good way to put it, Josh. That's perfect. But I've made some assumptions about like that. I had weaver bees in the past and I had Cornelian crosses and, you know, pretty gentle bees that I was used to. But I learned very quickly that if they requeen and I didn't realize they requeen from a random queen that came in or whatever, the genetics get switched up very quickly and they can have a different attitude. They can be me. cranky bees. Yeah, mm-hmm. it could bees. be the cranky yep. bees. Yeah. All right. So just to kind of sum some of this up and help me out because if I've missed anything. So one thing would be if you are wanting to produce honey to sell, um, look to your uh, state Department of Agriculture for guidelines. I think most of our listeners are in Kentucky. So go to the Farmer's Market a guidebook from uh, KDA. But if you're out of Kentucky, you can likely find uh, your requirements through your Department of Agriculture. Yes. Next would be if you are confident you're ready for bees uh, this year, you need to be ordering them already if you haven't. Uh, and if not, if you're not confident or if you're listening to this and it's you know March and you're past that point, uh, join a local beekeeper association or find some local beekeepers to shadow and learn from and maybe borrow equipment and then spend the year learning, maybe go to a bee school. Uh, like we have a Kentucky State bee. We have a couple of bee schools, right? That happen throughout mm-hmm. the year. Um, mm-hmm. This time and, of year. Usually. Yeah. Okay, cool. February, February. Uh, so, you know, find a bee school that you can go to or join a local beekeeper association. Uh, where? Get equipment. <laughs> Get the appropriate <laughs> equipment. Uh, unless you want to smell, you know, bananas, bananas. all the time. Uh, <laughs> maybe maybe be checking on that and what else i know we talked about a lot but i'm trying to hit kind of those make highlights. a bee buddy that's the number one thing to me is yeah. uh, get with a bee buddy learn from them and and learn if it's if this endeavor is for you because mm-hmm. it's not the cheapest thing you could ever do i think it's one of the most rewarding things you could do and it's mm-hmm. just great all the way around but kind of uh you know shadow someone if you can mm-hmm. yeah for yeah. sure Ooh, cool. and a plug a plug for another like extension office like I've heard really good things about the Elizabethtown like bee school. Mm-hmm. Um, I know a few of my beekeepers have gone through it and it's like the full school, but then you get your bees and they like are actually like there with you to oh, teach you how awesome. to install awesome. those bees. And so nice. that's pretty cool. Yeah, awesome. that is cool. So Kentucky is rocking the beekeeping um, thing. I don't know what other states are doing. I just assume we're doing it better. (laughs) (laughs) Shout out to Kentucky. But (laughs) anyways, thank you all for joining us today. Uh, If you don't follow us, if you're on social media, if you're on Instagram specifically, you can follow us at Hort Culture Podcast uh, and stay up to date on sort of, you know, what episodes are out there. See some of those past ones. We're going to put some links in the show notes to 
things like the bee calendar, honeybee health uh, coalition, just some of those things that could be helpful, whether you're new or, you know, been in the game a while. Maybe you haven't heard about some of those cool things Jessica mentioned. Um, and you can always contact us an email. Again, that's in the show notes. If you've got any ideas for upcoming episodes, uh, we were coming up with some cool ideas uh, yesterday. And uh, so we've got some, some things down the line. But uh, if you've got any you want to hear, you know, early, let us know. Give us a shout. But we are grateful that you were here today with us. And, you know, we hope you go out and you make good plant decisions and, you know, stay warm because it is January after all. So everybody have a great one. Thanks for being here.